With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNC's apply. Welcome to the Mackers Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening. Welcome to the Macca's Run, uh, all for the one and only uh, Big Mac. Make sure you grab one of those today with the special sauce and juicy beef. Grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. I hope you had a cracking day or as good a day as you possibly can, however you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in, right around our great country. It is wonderful to have you on board, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us on the SEN Network. Macca's Run, getting you up to speed on all the major talking points and conversation starters throughout the course of the day. And you can have your say on the news of the day. one 736 736 The Harcourt's open line is always that. Open your move, your Harcourt's for all things real estate. Make sure you speak to Harcourt's too. Uh, if you can't call in, that's okay. You can text 0433981116 on the temper text, temper a mattress like no other. Uh, big show because we're on the eve of one of the most highly anticipated home and away rounds in history. Last night we spoke to Michael Whiting. This is only the fifth time uh, from afl.com.au who wrote the story yesterday about how many other times all top eight teams have played another top eight team in the AFL era. This is just the fifth. 2017, uh, he said it happened last time. 98 was the most exciting. North Melbourne and Adelaide ended up playing off uh, in that round. North Melbourne won that day, but at the end of that season, the final day of it, it was Adelaide uh, getting their second premiership in a row. So what will we learn? What do we find out about it? What are the questions you want answered from your team coming out of this round? So they're getting a, a real nice test. I mean, if you're talking about this in terms of your spring racing prep, this is... This is the hit out, really, isn't it? Before you you get into your your prep to build up to what will hopefully be a cracking final series. But this is just the real tester, isn't it? To see exactly where you're at, just over halfway through the season. So, what's the biggest question that you've still got about your team that you're hoping to see answered this weekend? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jeff White is going to be our special guest on the show. Well, it is Melbourne and Brisbane. 
tomorrow. And I was trying to think, who would be the best person to speak to? Well, why don't we get a former Melbourne champion uh, who, who now lives in Brisbane and covers the Brisbane Lions um, every second week. So this is a guy that knows both these sides, I reckon, better than any teams he'd know. Maybe throw Gold Coast in there as well because he does those. But former Melbourne great uh, Jeff White's going to join me at 6.30. Plenty to get through. And for the first time in a while, we're actually going to start with footy stuff. Um, I always like to always like to divide this show up into back page, which is what happens on the field. Front page tends to be the stuff off the field. There is a little bit about Dugowie still getting around uh, after the events of the week, but it's, it's taking those conversations to a new place. And there was one perspective that I really wanted to play, and that's actually Brennan Favola, funnily enough, who spoke really passionately today about his take on what was happening with Jordan Dugowie and and using himself to be the cautionary tale for Jordan. So I want to play a little bit of that uh, a little later on, Luke Hodges' thoughts uh, as well about, um, from a football point of view, what happens this weekend with Jordan Ngoi. But um, I reckon we should start off with the actual footy because this is going to be one hell of a round. It promises to be one hell of a round. So we start tomorrow night with Melbourne and Brisbane, but why don't we let Gary Lyon just set the scene for us, SEN Breakfast today, on why this round is so important. The win and loss is absolutely critically important, but you get like an, an, an audit. You get a check on where you're at against sides who are vying for and look like playing in finals. And that's the best thing. So Melbourne will walk away from this going, okay, have we been able to address our inability to connect with our forwards? And is our intensity, which hasn't been there over the past three weeks, have we been able to get that at a level that's necessary? So yep. win or lose, you can walk away and go, oh, look, they've ticked that box. Gary Lyon setting it up for us. So across the day, uh, we've been able to speak to a lot of people involved in the biggest games of what could be the biggest round we've seen in quite some time. Uh, footy boss at the Melbourne Footy Club, Alan Richardson, spoke to Gerard Whateley, and he, he spoke to why the Ds haven't been at their best. Well, we're no different to any other footy club, Gerard, and that is you tend to review, because you play different oppositions each week um, with different strengths and different methods, you tend to review how you're going weekly, really. Um, you know, we review our coaches every Monday, 8.30. We start with ourselves, and then we look at our method and how did it stack up. And so, as, as I've said, we, we do it weekly. But the, but the midway point of the year, or the bye generally coincides with halfway through, and you've, you've played most teams, not everyone. You've played most teams. You've had a look at how teams are playing and what does that do to you. And so it has, you yeah, know, we've, we've gone a little bit deeper and clearly... You know, our last three games haven't gone the way we'd like. There's some stuff in there that there's been a bit of a trend, some stuff that we haven't executed well ourselves. There's some stuff that the opposition have done that, that you know, that have, have really challenged us and and we have to improve and get better. So there's a bit of a combination of, of everything, really. We definitely know we've got some work to do. We definitely know we're not playing the consistent footy that we'd like to play. Am I... I, I perhaps I'll ask myself the question... Another way, am I am I really confident that this group has the talent that we have the method to be able to play the sort of footy and continue to improve and grow um, as this season unfolds? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I think um, I think. Oh, look, we're in a really good position. We are equal top of the ladder, and we we're looking at ourselves hardly, harshly to make sure that we continue to improve and grow. We're not sitting back and saying, look, we're really comfortable with where we're at. Amazing. Uh, that's Alan Richardson. From the Melbourne Footy Club, the footy boss, he also spoke in regards to Stephen May's return with Gerard Whateley earlier today. May's is the warrior, you know, the Luke Hodge, 
type person that would, and he has. He, look, he feels like he's let his team down, he's let his footy club down, um, you know, he's let his coach down. So he'd um, he'll be really keen to play well. I mean, if anything, we're probably going to have to just try and relax him a little bit <laughs> to make sure that he's, you know, he gets he gets in a good headspace as opposed to trying to stop every ball that comes inside 50. And you know, because there'll be times when, you know, every final, whether that be Big Joe, will mark the ball and score, and you know, we don't want him. We don't want him putting too much pressure on himself. But look, he's really he's really keen to get out there and earn respect and make amends. Alan Richardson also asked today about Luke Jackson's contract. We've been hearing all week from Simon Goodwin and Alan Richardson today about how big an opportunity this is for Luke Jackson. It is ironic that uh, he gets to step up to the plate to be the number one ruck when there is a lot of talk around if he will be staying at the Melbourne Footy Club or whether the lure to head back west will be just too strong and too enticing. No, no, we'll give Jacko as much time as, it, as, as he needs. He's, he's a young fella. You know, we're working through that with his manager. We think he's going to be a Melbourne player for a long time. Um, so we're, we're reasonably comfortable with where that sits. Of course, we'd, we'd rather have that done and dusted, um, you know, given the, the stage of the year. But we're, we're comfortable with where it sits. And, and really importantly, right from the outset, we've said to Jacko and to his, to his management group, to LA, that um, we'll, we'll give them as much time as they need. And, that, and that's the way it's playing out. Are you aware of rival interests? I would be staggered if there wasn't, Jared. Yeah. Um, you know, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be doing their job. You know, a young bloke with, with his talent. Um, yeah, they, they, we, we've got no doubt that would be happening. But um, as I said, we're pretty comfortable with where it sits from our end. Ironically and interestingly, Justin Longmuir was also asked about Luke Jackson today and his presser gearing up to their game against Carlton at Marvel, one forty-five p.m. Saturday. Those, those conversations are always happening behind the scenes with a number of players. And it's not my job to talk about those sorts of things publicly. And, um, yeah, I, I've probably done that in the past about certain players and regretted it straight away because if the shoe was on the other foot, I wouldn't like opposition coaches talking about um, my players that way. So it's not really for me to public, publicly comment on. That's for Wolsey and Peter Bell to work work out behind the scenes and um, you know those those meetings happen at every club all the time uh, around a number of players so yeah I'll let them do their jobs. Do you get spoken to at some stage though about what you're... I'm, all, I'm, in, yeah, I'm involved on list, list management committee talk about um, our players constantly talk about players around the comp constantly like every coach would like every list management yeah committee would He's a good man, Justin Longmuir, isn't he? So really the answer to that is yes, and yes, I've been involved in those conversations because why wouldn't they be after him? They'd be mad not to, just as Alan Richardson said, but he's got such respect that he's like, no, it's not, uh, I wouldn't like my play being spoken about. So uh, the big question for Melbourne this weekend for mine, and it's a simple one, can you kick a score? Gary Lyon alluded, uh, spoke about it earlier, midfield to forward connectivity, will it um, return? They're number 15. I listen to Kingy's uh, podcast about the analytics and the champion data stuff often, and he talks about that their current rankings are number 15 without the footy at the moment. They're 18th for pressure at the moment, Melbourne, but they're ninth in the comp for scoring. So they just have to kick a score. Brisbane number one for scoring in the competition. Melbourne need to find a way to be able to put scoreboard pressure 
against the number one scoring t- side in the competition. They just haven't been able to do it all year. Their strength is still in the middle. For Brisbane, that's the big question for them. Everyone, when they speak about Brisbane's premiership on a fight, he's always say, well, geez, I don't know if their midfield stacks up. Well, it actually does when you look at that their third for centre clearances, Melbourne are 10th. Their fifth for stoppage clearances, Melbourne are 11th. But it's in the differentials and from the scoring from those. So Melbourne might not... Um, rank highly in those in the pure stats but it's what the differential so Melbourne are actually number one for clearance differential number one for scoring from clearance differential number one for post clearance contested possessions differential so Brisbane rank sixth and third in those areas so it's a big test for Brisbane's midfield and I can't wait to see the 3v3 Petty, May, Lever up against McStay, Danaher and Hipwood Luke Hodge said today with Jared that Brisbane have won 11 out of 12 when those big three forwards have all played. That's a big stat in this game. And it means that all three of those Melbourne defenders have to be accountable. They don't like it like that Melbourne. They like only one or two of them to have to be a lockdown and the rest can sort of run free uh, and play the intercept game. So that might play into Brisbane's advantage that they might be able to quell um, that intercept marking of Melbourne that's been so effective for them. Uh, Martin's in Glebe. He's got a big question for Melbourne. Fire away, Martin. Oh, g'day. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, look, it's going to be great to have Major May and Lieutenant Lever back there. Um, and with Max, uh, all the intercept marks that he takes, uh, he's going to be missed sadly. And we just can't get it through the half centre-half forward line. Um, I don't know whether we bomb it up to the forward line. We've got to give more of the ball to Fritz. Um, he's a magician. I'm just wondering whether we can win without Max and who, who's going to support... Um, Luke, um, will it be um, Mitch Brown in the forward line or who, who do you think? Well, it depends on who they pick. Yeah, the teams will come out soon, Martin, and I'll be fascinated by that as well. I don't, I'd love to see him bring Sam Wiedemann back in, but I haven't really seen enough of him to know whether he can just hold his own in the ruck. Tom McDonald would have been great for that, but we know he's going to be he's going to be in a race against the clock to even play it all again this year. So that is a great question. That was the next of my dot points that... Those numbers uh, with their scoring and those and those clearance differential numbers, that's a lot of that is Max Gorn. Unfortunately, at the moment, Max Gorn's also one of their best interceptors in defence. He's also probably their best forward at the minute when he goes forward and he creates everything for them out of the middle. So there's not too many players in the game that play such a pivotal role in all three areas of the ground than Max Gorn does. So it's a great question, Martin. That's going to be one of the real big watch and sees of, of that game. Um, Speaking of Fremantle, the other, and I'm not disrespecting Western Bulldogs Hawthorne because that'll be a great game and, and there'll be something there for West Coast Eagles and Essendon. Um, but we had Harry McKay, uh, Harry McKay on earlier today. Jared spoke to him and he uh, addressed how they'd handled the challenge of being so depleted in defence. They play Frio at Marvel, 1.45 p.m. Uh, this is a third v, uh, fifth v third clash. Uh, another ripper that we can't wait to see this weekend. Um, obviously, we've been challenged a little bit. Um in terms of personnel in our back line over the last probably month. So um, that provides a bit of a challenge. But the whole time we've talked about kind of the next man up um, mentality and I think that's served us pretty well. We've had some, I guess, key injuries to a degree over the last, for the whole season really. And uh, I think we've done a really good job of the next person coming up and filling that role. We talk a lot about playing the role and um, getting that done on a weekly basis. So no matter if you're playing VFL and get elevated or you're you know, a mainstay in the 22, you're expected to get your role done and we'll celebrate that really, really hard um, internally. So I think in terms of 
details. I think uh, Louis Young's doing a really good job at the moment. Um, about since Weeders has gone down, about being that number one, and um, we've got some really good guys in the, in the VFL that have been playing some good footy in Brody Camp. Um, so I'm not sure in terms of he comes in and Lockie Play Alvin's done a really good job, and um, yeah, Sam Doherty and Nick Newman they can play taller as well. So um, yeah, we'll back our guys in, and um, obviously it helps ahead of the ball if one if we retain the ball inside 50 as forwards, and then. As midfielders, if we can get the ball going forward our way, then hopefully he's not 76 inside 50 to defend yes. again, Jared. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's my point of view. I think the rain helped him out uh, under the weight of those inside 50s. There weren't more marks taken inside 50, but it's going to be a tough ask for them. The thing working in their favour for Carlton, that is the big question. Can your defence survive? Um, so depleted with injury as they are, they're already only ranked number 10 um, in defence, uh, in Kingy's ratings, number 13, without the footy. Luckily for them, Fremantle ranked 17th in the comp with the footy. They're only 13th for goals per game, so you're not coming up against a scoring juggernaut. That could be a really helpful factor for Carlton in this game. They're not really going to get the onslaught offensively with Fremantle that they will with other clubs. So the midfield, if, if you can just deny um, and win your share, and their midfield is one of the best uh, in the competition, top four, um, that's going to go a long way. But Frio's midfield is just around the mark. There are only a couple of places separating those two in their midfield rankings uh, as well. So that's going to be so crucial, as most games are. But they may not be under the onslaught against Fremantle that they would have been against some other clubs. Justin Longmuir spoke about Carlton in the lead-up to the game. You just need to be mindful that really it's the replacement for Wettering that they're, they're struggling with with their injury list. Um, um, and... and Probably Williams, um, GWS, GWS player. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like they're pretty settled down there, and they're still a pretty good backline. So we can't take them lightly. Um, they've got some really good one-on-one um, -on -one defenders. They've also got some really good um, attacking players out of there. So we just need to make sure we get that balance right with our team selection and our mindset. I think yeah, the, the other key to, to stopping Carlton is make sure we stop their supply. Uh, their midfield's a, a very good midfield. Um, they're a great contested ball team, one of the best in the comp, if not the best. So um, we need to help our backs out as much as we can by you know, taking a bit of speed off the ball. Justin Longmuir earlier today. Uh, Zach Tui uh, spoke to Gary and Tim earlier on this morning uh, about the Richmond game coming up. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, Richmond look like they're getting back to their kind of daunting selves. Um, we think we're starting to really find some of our best footy. So with crowds back at the G, it's uh, it's exciting. We've obviously missed out on a lot of those big games over the last couple of years with everything that's gone on. So this is one I must admit I'm particularly looking forward to. It has a slightly final feel to it. Their energy that they've played over the last few years, it's, it's kind of not hard in theory to know how to stop Richmond. Mm. Um, it's just actually doing it. They're just, um, they're running waves. Their energy's incredibly high. they they play that live play, just slap it forward at all costs um, type of game, and, and it's obviously been really successful. So we know in theory what we're supposed to do. <laughs> the problem is actually going out and doing it. Um, a lot of quality, quality players all over the ground. So um, I think we'll worry them as well. But, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, he's a star, Zach Tui, and uh, looking forward to a game that he believes is going to have a finals-like atmosphere to it. Um, the question for Geelong is danger all you're missing at the moment. So danger's going to be back this weekend. Uh, it would seem at the moment the way Geelong are tracking that he might just be the only piece missing and they might have all the pieces they need now. 
um, which is a scary proposition. They seem so they, – their numbers everywhere in defence to offence and everything in between now with him coming back. Um, you can say Dad's Army all you want, but it looks like they've got everything they need. Uh, Damien Hardwick in his presser was asked about the Geelong lineup. He will. He'll play. It's, uh, it's a welcome relief to us all that he'll, uh, he'll be back. He's, he's trained well and he'll train well, obviously. Until- That's on Dusty. Dusty will play. That's good news. This was on Geelong. They're an incredible club. They're well coached. They're well drilled. And, you know, they always give themselves an opportunity, don't they? Which is what I, uh, what I, uh, that's a fine, definitely. Um, they always give themselves a chance. You know, the way they play the game, it's probably different to, to, to some, to us in particular. But what they do do is they've got incredible strength. You know, most sides know how Geelong play, but the, the, the mark of a great club is the way they go about it and they're hard to stop regardless. You know, we've got a really good understanding of how they want to play and what they're trying to do, but they're that well-drilled and that well-structured, they're really, really hard to stop. So, you know, we know that if we allow them to play the game in a structured manner, they'll compose method with their ball, um, they're probably going to win. You know, if we try and bring as much pressure as we can to take away that, we're a fair chance. So the equation's pretty simple. It's just which side executes better. Saturday Twilight MCG, you'll hear it all in AFL Nation. Uh, Susan, Dan, stay right there. I'll come to you on the other side of this. And Brendan Favola's take on Jordan to go is one that you really need to hear. It was a fascinating one today on Fox FM. I'll play it for you next on the Macca's Run. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. To go, he got in a bit of trouble over in Bali. Fine, $25,000, comma, suspended for the rest of the year. I was in a similar situation back when I was playing footy. I didn't really have the people around me and I thought I was better than anything else and it cost me my career. If I was to sit down with Jordan Dugowie, I'd say, mate, you are blessed to be playing footy and earning money that people would dream about earning. Just see where your life's at, mate. What do you want to be? Because when I left footy, I was not respected. I I played great footy. My footy career is never talked about with any other gun forward because of my off-field antics, and that's my own fault. I have to deal with that. He's going down a similar path. He's got no more chances. You're blessed to be playing footy. You've been gifted a gift, and I just think he needs to get himself around some people that help him. Really interesting take, isn't it? Um, the cautionary tale, Brendan Favola pointing to himself and saying, do not end up like me. Uh, I thought that was really compelling listening today and wanted to play uh, just a little bit of it. Um, and he spoke about the fact that he had a rap sheet. He said clubs get sick of it. Um, he said he, and he's going down, he believes that Jordan's going down a similar path to what he did and he's cautioned to, to not do that to take a, a leaf out of the opposite book of his. Uh, I just thought it was nicely interrupted, isn't it? Just thought that was worth playing for you. Um, Dan and Susan, I know you've been waiting there. Um, we just had a short segment there. We can't move this ad break, but I wanted to uh, just play that. Uh, Luke Hodge also suggesting today that maybe given um, in terms of Jordan Ngoi that he hasn't been able to train this week, that, uh, that he shouldn't probably be playing this week. So not as a punishment for what's gone on, but just in terms of the preparation. His flight was delayed. He missed that training session that's coming off a, uh, the mid-season break that maybe he wouldn't be right to go. So it was an interesting take from Luke Hodge, sen.com.au today. And just the other couple of things that um, Brett Ratton admitting that Jordan Ngoi's name was one that had been thrown around as potential free agent targets, but that no firm offer had been made uh, or official offer had been made to his people. Jeff White on the other side of this on the Macca's Run. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. 
With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, welcome back or to the Macca's run, whichever category you fit into. Wonderful to have your company. Make sure you grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today with the special sauce, the juicy beef. Uh, making my mouth water. Grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Caption, uh, catching you up on the biggest stories of the day and your say on the news of the day and the Harcourt's open line, your move, your Harcourt. Jeff White, former Melbourne uh, champion, Ruckman, and uh, now uh, Queensland-based commentator will join us to preview Melbourne and Brisbane in just a moment. Teams are in. Big out for the Brisbane Lions. A man that's kicked 27 goals in 13 games is in all-Australian contention for mine. Zach Bailey has been ruled out with the league's health and safety protocols. Um, So three changes for the Lions. Dane Zorko out with that hammy. He hasn't come up. Uh, And Darcy Gardner, such a pivotal player in defence. He is the rock of that uh, back six. Uh, He will have to watch on from the sidelines. He had fluid removed from his lungs after the win over the Saints. He's been replaced by Jack Payne. Pick 41 in last year's draft, uh, Western Australian midfielder James Tunstall will make his debut for the Lions. Now for Melbourne, Mitch Brown has been left out for Sam Wiedemann and Max Gorn out as well. So in for Melbourne comes Stephen May. Wiedemann and Toby Bedford is back in. A lot of people calling for him to be playing more football. Uh, Mitch Brown omitted, Turner with a concussion, Gorn with the ankle, and Chandler was the medi sub from last week. Uh, Dan in Beaumaris first up, um, and then Susan, and then we'll get to Jeff White. G'day, Dan. Yeah, g'day, Sam. Um, thanks for the heads up on the ins and outs for my super coach team. I appreciate that. Pleasure. Just a couple of things, um, Sam. The, the main one is. Um, and I hope you can shed some light on this. Uh, why is AFL head office uh, direct number uh, 0396431999 still closed to take phone calls? Do you know? Uh, so you've been trying during business hours? Yes. Uh, so you can call up through for corporate medallion and AFL events. But when you call it through business hours for the last two years, obviously COVID's kind of relaxed a little bit. That direct number for general inquiries is closed still at AFL House in Docklands. It seems to be a pattern. Um, it, it would go along the same lines as um, our access and getting anyone from the AFL actually on the station. Uh, that avenue seems to be closed as well in any of the questions we have, whether it be about scheduling or... Um, uh, umpiring situations, whatever it might be, we 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 can't get through either uh, through our channels. If that makes you feel any better, Dan, I don't know what to tell you. I just know that we don't have any luck either. Yeah, no. And the second thing is, Sam, which would be great for when Jeff comes up. Uh, Jeff, as per my text, Jeff, good Frankston boy. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know if Jeff remembers when he was in year seven. Rob Harvey, Jewel Brownlow, Venice was in year 12 at John Paul College, Frankston. Did he know, uh, know, did he know Rob Harvey was in, uh, in year 12 when he was in year 7? Uh, I'll be the first question I ask at him, Dan. College. Excellent. Be- Thanks, Sam. Have a great night. You too, mate. Thank you. Uh, Susan's been waiting so patiently, and I greatly appreciate it. Susan, how are you? I'm fine, and that's okay. It's a great pleasure to talk with you, Sam. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. What can I do for you? Before I... I- before I have something to say to you, I was so pleased to hear that 
fantastic advice from uh, Brendan Favola. It's, it, I mean, we all liked him very much, and people should be talking about him some more. Now, the real reason I'm ringing you is everyone's talking about Collingwood, Collingwood. I know Collingwood sells, and it's so sad to think that they're just bringing down these young boys' names as well. But what's happening? Last week in the paper, uh, there was a big article on the front page about Melbourne. Did you read that? Yeah, I did. I mean, we've obviously, there's been a lot of articles about Melbourne this year. About all the about all the drugs, the bullying, and quite a few other things which are not very nice to hear about. And it's coming from the ex-president. And apparently he and his wife are being threatened for coming out with all this information. And he also said that Simon Goodwin is not a very nice person to deal with. He's not an approachable well, I don't, th- those person. Weren't easy. Just, just because we need to be very careful what we say, Susan, Those that there are no quotes attributed to... Um, to the former president saying that. And um, he was very clear that the leaks that had been coming out from conversations were not from him. So we need to make that very, very clear. Right. Very okay. clear for legal reasons. Okay. So he, there is no quote from him saying that about Simon Goodwin. And there, okay. and he has been very clear to say that he is not the person that's been leaking um, details of conversations. So yeah. we, we have to be very, very clear and careful in that space. But Absolutely. you've got a question as to why we're not, you don't think, we're, so you don't think we're talking about Melbourne as much as we should be? When, uh, Robbo, for instance, Robbo, he seems to talk a lot about poor Buckley and he seems to talk a lot about, a lot about uh, Collingwood. When he was on the dying table, who was praying for him? Eddie Maguire. Who gave him a present to boost his morale was Cox. And, you know, Collingwood has been so good to him. He just hates Collingwood for a reason uh, that I don't want to mention. Uh, people Please will don't. know why. People will know why. So why can't he find out more about what's happening in other clubs, especially Melbourne now? He doesn't seem to. Do you know who he barracks for? Um, I don't know if that would have come into a relevance, Susan, but I've just got Jeff White standing by, um, and I don't mean to be rude, but I I don't want to keep him waiting uh, for too long. Um, I don't know who Robbo Barracks for. I think it's Essendon. and I'm not really sure. And, it, and I don't think that really factors in uh, when you're the chief footy writer of the, the, the Herald Sun. Or you'd like to think that it wouldn't, uh, Susan, I guess is the, the, the point that I'd be making um, with that one. I, I don't, I'm of the belief that I don't really think that any journalist or any media commentator hates any club. Um, Robbo might not be speaking as much about Melbourne on that particular situation because it is very convoluted. It's very confusing. Jared Waitley has spoken many times, Susan, about he can't quite seem to get a handle on what's actually going on there. Um, and I know that there's been um, legal proceedings brought against a couple of journos for things they've written. So I think people are just being very careful in and around that uh, and that particular side. But when it comes to the reporting on Melbourne, they spent a whole week on the front page and the back page after the fight in the restaurant. So I, I know that you might feel like people are picking on Collingwood and picking on the players. I can promise you that nobody goes to pick on the human being. It is just reporting on the actions and the behaviours that do make the news. Nobody has a bent and a vendetta, at least in my view, And I, but I could be naive. But thanks for the call, Susan. Um, I appreciate you making it. Uh, he's a very good man, is Jeff White, and he's been waiting very patiently, and I thank him for it. Uh, I couldn't think of anyone better when we've got one of the biggest rounds of a home and away season that we can remember. It's only happened five times in the history of the AFL era that all top eight, te- uh, top eight teams are playing another top eight team. 
Uh, and Jeff White being a former champion Melbourne Ruck and now living in southeast Queensland, covering the Brisbane Lions and the Gold Coast Suns. Who else to give us the great insight we need to get ready for tomorrow night? Uh, hello, Jeff White. Evening, Sam. How are you? I'm really well. Thanks for giving us some time. There's so much to be excited for about the round, but this game, when you've got a 2v1 game, you've got Melbourne with everything that Su- and more that Susan was just talking to us about, but they've lost three in a row. Stephen May's got to come back in. Max Gorn's unfortunately out. And then Brisbane haven't won at the MCG in the last nine times, I don't think. So there's a heap to get through. What are you most looking forward to about this game? Uh, yeah, well, it's a cracker. It's, uh, the AFL couldn't have scripted any better. Then you add Chris Fagan to that, who's the head coach, and you add Cameron Bruce, who's the assistant coach at, at Brisbane, to that as well. Um, former Melbourne Demons faithful player and coach. So, it's, yeah, it's going to be huge. I, I'm, you know, the backs against the wall with the Ds, but, uh, it, I mean, people tend to forget that we went through that sort of phase last year leading up to the bye where we lost a few games, and I think it was to do with training and so on and so forth. But, yeah, the AFL couldn't have scripted any better for this for this round to have all those all those top eight sides playing each other, and um, yeah, I can't wait for tomorrow night. When when you're looking at Melbourne across the course of the season, it's been pointed out a few times, and there's probably the analytics look to to back that up as well. That I can't remember a game where it's sort of been a four quarter running on all cylinders or firing on all cylinders. They've done what they've needed to for most of the year when they went ten and zero, but. The, the the general thought was that they weren't quite at top gear just yet. What have you been seeing in Melbourne this year? Yeah, well, I think I think the biggest difference that I've seen uh, compared to last year is that I've seen them a couple of times. Saw them live against Suns, and just that ability to um, when when the side every side's going to get a run on. It doesn't matter where you are on the ladder. Every side's going to get a run on at some point in the game, and that ability to withstand that pressure and then go and then just hold the ball, be able to chip and and make the opposition defend and wear them out. Then they put two or three three goals on you really quickly. So they've got their ability to do that. And they that was something they didn't really have last year. I think they were still the hunters. This year they've been hunted. So I, I guess that's one of the positives that I've seen in their game. And But one of the positives I've seen with Brisbane, I saw them, seen them a lot this year live uh, with commentating and saw them last year as well. Just their foot skills, the ability to hit inside that, um, you know, the 45 and try and hide the corridor. So, you know, the, the likes of Zorko, who I'm not too sure is playing, but, uh, you know, the, the players that come off the half-back, Rich is one, one in particular, been able to hit that um, kick in the middle, which opens up a lot of defence. So, you know, Melbourne's got to squ- try and squeeze them, and they've been really, really effective with doing that. So um, it just, you know, it just works in... Perfectly for being a big game, and you know, and Brisbane want to win. I mean, if you want to win a grand final, you have to win games at the MCG. So there's a lot to play for. So Melbourne at the moment ranking number five without the footy. So they're still in terms of points against um, ranked the best defence in the competition. But with with the other analytics that come into it, um, listen to David King's stuff a fair bit. Number five without the footy, and that's all due to the fact that they're 18th for pressure. And remarkable that they're only percentage of top spot and they're 18th for pressure um, in the competition. So we know how good they are defensively and they've got all three of their key defensive pillars back, which I'll ask you about that matchup with the three key lines. But they're number 15 with the footy. So in attack, 
it's just not happening for them. They're not getting that connectivity um, mid to forward, even though they the differential in the content, in the clearance is so high. What what's lacking for you in the way that they go inside forward fifty? Oh, look, it's it can be a, a number of things. I know McDonald, even though you don't see huge stats and you know, multiple goals that he kicks, he's such a workhorse and. So he creates a lot of space of, you know, the Fritz and, you know, the Jackson and the Gorns to, to, to slot into. So he's obviously been a big loss. So, um, you know, I think that constant movement they've had up forward, uh, you know, and I guess we're sort of putting the microscope on them for the last three weeks. But, um, you know, with the training load that they've done, they were up uh, in the first quarter of most of those games. And then just, uh, I guess, a little bit of fatigue set, set in. But look, they have the cattle there. They have the... They had the smarts. They had the game plan. Um, you know, you saw that last year. So uh, with with the way they set up, they've just got to be able to, you know... One thing I don't like is when they go too high um, inside that forward fifth and they get opened up. And if you do that against Brisbane, who love to zone off, they love to come off, love to have those, um, you know, intercept marks and then whooshka, they go out the other side. So that's where they've got to be really prepared. And when you talk about, you know, the, when they don't have the ball, that pressure is going to become really vital, especially with the mids, to be able to spread and, you know, make sure that they, they close them in so they can't have those easy exits outside their 450. Uh, we're speaking to former Melbourne champion, Ruckman, Jeff White. Um, Jeff, so Max Gorn, like it's, it's, it's Captain Obvious statement of the year that he's the most important player. Some argue Steve May, but when you look at the work, when you break down that, that ha- Max does so much intercept marking himself, um, he's also, and over the last few weeks, has been um, probably, you know, their their most consistent forward. I mean, Bailey Fritch is having a very good year, but but Max has been going forward and and kicking goals, and then he's obviously the the generator in the middle as well, providing the service he does to to those mids. It's a hole you can't really fill. So if you were to have Luke Jackson and and they brought Sam Wiedemann back in to give a bit of pinch hit there, what would your advice be? Um, well, look, the advice for, for, for Luke Jackson is just to run. Um, you know, McInerney's a, a good player, a good tap ruckman, but it, the, he's not the most mobile ruckman in the competition. So the strength that we can have there is to use Luke Jackson as another midfielder. And he's shown that. I mean, that's what Max is. I mean, looking back a couple of weeks ago, he had 28 possessions and one of the most outstanding ruck performances I've seen, mm. I guess, since his prelim. <laughs> But um, you know, I think that's that's where they, they've got to, they've got to get their ascendancy, particularly Ruck. Um, you know, Max going against McInerney, you're going to you're going to feel that it's going to be you know in favour of Max um, area. But McInerney's such a tall guy, mm. uh, you've just got to be able to use his strength around the ground. From a Brisbane point of view, every time someone's rang up and said, especially earlier in the year, and asked, "Who do you think can beat Melbourne?" Who, who's the who's the most likely? I've always pointed to Brisbane because we know that what Melbourne do defensively with May and Lever a lot of times is Harrison Petty plays a designated driver. You guys go out and have fun. Leave me the keys. I'll mind our table. You go to the dance floor. You go out and about, um, and I'll be the one that just keeps all our stuff here, and, and I'll drive us safely home. With the three key tools that have got to come in now, in uh, that are that are in for Brisbane, Danaher. Uh, McStay and Hipwood, it, it really does mean that all three have to be accountable to someone. So how big a factor do you think this is going to be in, in deciding this game, that 3v3 battle? 
Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, I, I watched them live against the Saints a couple of weeks ago and the ability, uh, and I, that was, I think, Joe Daniel's first game in, I think, three or four weeks from a shoulder injury and just his work rate, the ability to work up to the wing, get possessions and work back. And, and they're so mobile, all three of them. I mean, Mitch Day was, uh, had, a, had a go on the rock at some point. Uh, so they got the flexibility, and Hip was coming back from an injury. He just keeps getting better each and every week. But I think the key with Brisbane, and I've noticed this, and I, I'm with you. I think last year, um, I, my my belief was that the Western Bulldogs, even though they finished where they finished in the eight, I thought that they were, um, you know, definitely a threat to us because of their ability, their foot skills. Brisbane this year is definitely that, and that's what I've noticed has been the big difference. And we've spoken a, a number of times on the air about it. The fact that they they can just hit those targets inside the inside the middle, and they've they're actually got a lot of courage to go for it. So they've obviously practiced that over the preseason, um, and that's what's opening a lot of sides up. And that's why they're and that's their ability to kick kick scores really quickly as well. So um, you know, Dees will have to be on the defence, and they have to turn their heads really quickly to get on the dangerous side. Yeah, I mean, no Zach Bailey, who's their second leading goal scorer with 27 for the year. That's a big out. But when you look at the fact that, you know, Danaher in about eight games has kicked 22 goals. McCarthy, who's missed a little bit, he's got 20 goals. McStay's got 14. Rainer's got 12. And then you get skulls from the midfielders. You know, Neil has got nine. McCluggage has got eight. Charlie Cameron, obviously, their number one, who I I was just... I just was assuming everyone would have realised that he's the main man with 31 for the year for them. So it's such a potent <laughs> four line. They're the number one of the year. But the midfield, as we know, so important. The, the common thought and the initial thought for people is, well, yeah, Brisbane probably don't stack up with Melbourne's midfield. Is Does that ring entirely true to you? No, nah, well, that's, a, you know, you've got Lockie Neal, you've got um, Zorko's been in there. I don't know if Zorko's... No, nah, he's going to miss. I think he's injured from what yeah. I yeah, from St Kilda, from the St Kilda game, and then they put the big body in there. Rainer, I mean, Rainer against Oliver would be a great matchup, or even Petrarca as well. But you know, they've had uh, they've got Lyons, um, mm. who's been just a just a ball getter. So they have that really good mix. Zach Bailey is a massive loss for them because he, every time he goes in the forward line or goes near him, he's this, you know, ends up kicking a goal or ends up, you know, uh, being a goal assist. So. Yeah, the, the midfield certainly is a is, is a key matchup, um, and I think our strength is our ability to break the lines and get through. Um, you know, I think Lockie Neal's probably the one that can do that. Rainer's still trying to find his his feet in the midfield, but um, that's where our strength lies. Is that we have Oliver Petrarca and at times Jack Viney that are able to break the lines and get through, and that's really really a key you know a, a key barometer and driving forward into your forward line. Yep, uh, Hugh McCluggage is going to have to have a, a big game as well. Hey, I've got to, we've got to head off, but uh, just quickly, Jeff White, who wins? Uh, oh, of course, Melbourne. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to take Melbourne. I'll get to the stage where they'll. Uh, I think their fitness will will kick in, um, and something we've been waiting for. And yeah, three goals for me. Brilliantly done, hey mate. Always great to chat to you. Thanks for your time. No worries, then. Thanks. Uh, Jeff White on the Macca's run, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. As we preview tomorrow night's game between the D's and the Lions at the MCG, you'll hear it all on SEN and AFL Nation, the best call team in the business. We're back to rack up, ma- ra- wrap up the Macca's run uh, on the other side of this. Lauren Jackson spoke to uh, Andy and Gazy today. I'll play a little bit of that. Welcome to the Macca's run with Sam Hargraves. 
With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, make sure you do grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Just quickly, Collingwood have released a statement saying that Jordan Ngoi has been granted personal leave by the club and will not take part in the round 15 match against the Giants. Um, he's been absent from training this week, they say, and the club will continue to support him on his return to the football program. So, um, obviously, uh, the events of the week would have taken a toll on him personally, and uh, they're just uh, biting... Uh, a little bit of time and taking a break away before returning to football. Um, so hopefully uh, all is well um, on that front. Um, Lauren Jackson, how excited were we to find out that she was going to be returning to basketball and um, and making herself available to play at this year's World Cup, was dominating the NBL1. Spoke to Andy and Gazy uh, about the road back to basketball. It, it has been a, like a really quick turnaround. Um, and look, you know, every sort of step of the way, I, I guess I was just sort of going through the process, you know, of getting fit, getting strong, like trying to get out of the court for Albury. And, you know, there were a few setbacks along the way too. So um, I definitely, uh, you know, the last three weeks have been a bit of a whirlwind and overwhelming. And I'm definitely a little bit scared and apprehensive about it because I just don't know if I'm good enough to be there anymore. But you know, it is a dream come true and um, like to, to have another shot at it. Um, but it's, you know, like it's a long way down the track and I still have to make that team. And like I said, I don't know if I can compete with those girls. So we'll see. Oh, I've just got a hunch that you absolutely can, Lauren Jackson. Um, one of our greatest, if not the greatest Australian basketballer uh, of all time. How exciting uh, and how well that's been received. We're going to speak to Liam Santa Maria at 7.30 about the NBA draft tomorrow. We'll talk to him about that as well. And then coming up next, the BBL have announced today that there will be a draft for international players. How does it work? We're going to find out on the other side of this. Sporting Capital up next.